Okay, good morning. Um, let's, let's pray. Let's do that. <laughs> oh, Lord, we thank you for your presence. Thank you that you are here with anything that we need this morning. And your word is alive and it's powerful to produce the effect inside of us that you intend for us this morning. So we, we lift our eyes to you and we open our ears to you. You are the reason we're here. And we are the reason you're here. And so we just, we position ourselves to encounter the living God this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have a Bible and you want to, you can turn to Luke chapter 8. So the past few weeks, Jeremy has been talking about the breakthrough Becoming the follow-through. Amen? He's talked about the importance of perseverance and of partnering with the contractions of what God is birthing and not the distractions. Right? Okay? He's talked about advance and harvest and harvest and advance (laughs) and about taking back the places of influence from the enemy. Right? Amen? Okay. So if we are going to take back the places of influence from the enemy, then we have to know how to recognize when the enemy is influencing us. Amen? And sometimes we, it's not just advance and then harvest. Sometimes we have to pay attention to the harvest within before we can advance. Yes? Okay, so let's read in um, Luke chapter 8, maybe. Okay, (laughs) starting in verse 5. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rock. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, and it came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. Okay? Now, you should know that an average crop produces eight times, eight fold eight okay if you have a really really excellent abundant crop it was 15 fold so when Jesus said you're going to produce a harvest that is a hundred fold this is amazing increase okay this is bigger than what they've ever experienced before so let's look at the meaning of the parable starting in verse 11 Jesus says this is the meaning of the parable The seed is the word of God. 
Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produces a crop. Everybody say persevering. (laughs) We hate that word, don't we? (laughs) I felt your tension just saying it. (laughs) By persevering, produces a crop. Okay? So, God's word can be bread for us, but it most often comes to us as seed. And that seed has everything in it that is necessary for producing fruit. Okay? The size of your harvest is not determined by the seed. It's determined by what we do with the seed. Okay? All right? You want me to say that again? The size of our harvest is not dependent on the seed. It is dependent on what we do with the seed. Okay? And God is speaking all of these powerful words right now, and we're being invited into a harvest like we've never experienced. But if we're going to be a part of experiencing the fruit that God has for us, then we have to know how to pay attention to the seeds that are being planted and the harvest within. Okay? Are you guys okay? So I want to talk about, I got a new, uh, last week, <laughs> last week I dropped my, um, my first generation, not last week, last time I preached, I, I dropped my new, my first generation iPad that I've had like since the beginning and it won't charge anymore. So I got this like non-iPad uh, it's, it's, it's not worth it. <laughs> I just say that. <laughs> so I'm having trouble, but it's okay. So um, I want to talk about, let's talk about the word. I want to talk about <laughs> some of the ways that the, that the enemy comes to influence us and tries to rob us of the fruit of the harvest that God wants to produce in us. Okay? Are you guys ready? Like, we should be influencing the world, not being influenced like the world. Okay? Are you guys ready? The first one is he is a denouncer that produces doubt. (laughs) He is a denouncer that produces doubt. Okay? In the first example in the parable, the seed fell along the path, okay? And then the person heard it, but the, the devil came and took it away, okay? And so you can take this as this is a person who 
has not accepted Christ because it says they may not believe and be saved. But that word saved is the Greek word sozo, which means saved, healed, and delivered. So it goes way beyond that initial acceptance of Jesus Christ as our Savior. Okay? So this also applies to us. So the devil here, the original word that's translated devil, means slanderer or accuser. Okay, this was the influence in the Garden of Eden when the serpent said to Eve, did God really say? Okay, does that make sense? So this, the, um, this slanderer first comes, the devil first comes to slander and accuse the Lord. To, to produce doubt in us, did God really say? Is that? who God is. And I call this influence the denouncer because when God makes an announcement, which is a proclamation of who he is or what he is saying, the devil comes behind and tries to denounce God's announcement and say, did God really say? Okay. Does that, does that make sense? We are vulnerable to this, um, to this influence if we have places inside of us where we've chosen to believe something negative or something that's a lie, and we've reinforced that lie so much that when the truth comes along, it can't cut through the hardness of our heart about that lie. Okay? For example, if we have a negative opinion about ourselves that's like, I'm a victim. I'm powerless, I can't, I'm incapable. What we will do is we will, we will surround ourselves with voices that reinforce that lie every day. Whether they mean to or not, it's because that's what we choose to believe. So then the word of the Lord comes along and he says, no, you are powerful. You are an overcomer. You are more. And then when we hear that word, we, we choose to let the influence of the denouncer come in and denounce that word because that's really what we want to believe anyway. Okay? Does that make sense? <laughs> so when we do this, every time we reject the truth, our soil becomes harder and harder and harder for the truth to penetrate. And we've given the denouncer permission to produce doubt in us and he will rob us of the fruit in the seed of God's announcement. Okay? Does that make sense? He will rob us of the fruit of the seed that was in God's announcement. Okay? Um, hold on. <laughs> Persevere. That's the word. This is what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> so, if the, um, I really don't need this. It's just the fact that I don't have access to it, you know? <laughs> that is a word in itself. <laughs> I'm happy to be on demonstration for you today. <laughs> so, if we allow this influence... To, um, to come and announce who God is and who we are and produce doubt in us, then every belief that we have is subject 
to this doubt, okay? It will attack us in our mind, and it will, it will make our mind a battlefield where we wrestle continually with, did God really say? And what is the word of the Lord? And it's because we've given the denouncer influence over our thoughts, okay? This will most often, like, attack us in our identity, Okay, it was the devil who came to Jesus in in the wilderness right after God made an announcement over Jesus's life. And the announcement was, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. And then the devil comes around and denounces God's announcement. And he said, if you are the son of God, you must do something to prove that you are. When God said, no, with him, I am well pleased. He tried to denounce God's announcement. Okay? Are you guys okay? All right. So if, if we continue with this, eventually the denouncer will present an image to God, an image of God, a version of God that's safe to us, that we can believe without doubt. And it'll be a list of rules a list of principles, and we never have to wrestle, and we never have to question. It's nice and safe, and that's called religion. (laughs) This also produces doubt. It's a doubt that disguises itself as false confidence, and it manifests as a need to be right. When we have a need to be right, we will surround ourselves with people that reinforce the idea that we are right. And when something contrary comes up, we will argue to the death, but we will not hear the other side. You know why? Because we're afraid to be wrong. When we have a need to be right, we really have a fear of being wrong. And it's a false confidence because when you are confident in what you believe, you are not afraid to hear anything because you know the truth. And you know in whom you have believed. And nothing can talk you out of it. So you're not afraid to hear the other side. If someone is afraid to hear what you have to say, they have a fear of being wrong and they are bound in the vision of the safe God and the version of God that the denouncer has presented to them. Okay? (laughs) You guys okay? Did someone say say that again? Oh, boy. This is what happens when I don't have notes. (laughs) Um, If a person... uh, So if a person uh, is, is afraid to hear the other side, they have a fear of being wrong. And when we know... When we know what we believe, we don't have a fear of hearing anything because we know in whom we have believed. Okay? No one can talk us out of what we believe because it's not about a thing. It's about a person. Okay? All right, number two. Y'all ready? He is a destroyer that produces disappointment. In the second example in the parable The seed fell on rocky soil, okay? And then it it grew really fast, but then then, then it got choked 
or that was the weed, sorry. This person receives the word with joy, but because of the rocks, it can't take root. Okay? So what happens is, like, when it got put in rocky soil, the part you can see, it shot up really fast, and it looked really good. But it wasn't growing deep. Where it could get the nutrients that it needed to persevere. So the moment that testing came, everything that was growth shriveled and died, okay, because it didn't grow roots. Okay, the influence at work here is the destroyer. He loves to show us something with our eyes for us to see that supposedly disproves what God just said, okay? This was the influence in the Garden of Eden where the serpent said to Eve, you will not surely die. See, look, I'm, I'm touching the tree. I'm holding the fruit. Nothing's happening. You won't surely die. It waits for us to use our eyes to determine what, if, our, if our seed is producing fruit or not. And if we're using our eyes to measure our fruit, he will put something in front of our eyes that makes us think it isn't. And then he will whisper in our ear, see, that word isn't working. It won't last. You can't sustain it. You are a failure. Okay? He presents us with disappointment. And we become disappointed in, in the Lord. We become disappointed in ourselves. We become disappointed with someone else. And if we allow it, these disappointments will produce rocks of offense that keep, that keep us from the next time we hear a word of the Lord, taking it in deep and believing it because we're afraid of disappointment. Last time I did that, I didn't see the fruit. So I can't do it again. Okay? Does that make sense? <laughs> so in good soil, when you have good soil and the seed goes in the ground, it's a really long time before you see anything above the ground. Okay? Because it's growing down deep. And it's making roots. Okay? And then when it shows up above the ground, it's another really long time before you see fruit. Because good soil knows the value of perseverance. Okay? You guys okay? This influence will affect our emotions. Okay? It wants us to be driven by how we feel. Okay? Not feeling like this. So this belief system will produce feelings such as like, I'm really upset with the Lord right now because I'm asking him for this thing or he keeps telling me this thing and I don't see it happening. Or... Man, I don't want to hear that word. I've heard that word so many times, and I just never see it happen. It's because we've been disappointed, and we've allowed the destroyer to come and steal our fruit. Okay? Does that make sense? Are you guys okay? <laughs> you notice I'm looking at this more today than I ever have. I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> so... um this also manifests itself as the need to be seen, okay? Because we're concerned about what we see above the ground, okay? And it wants us to be concerned about being validated by other people. 
And when we're not validated by other people, if, if our fruit isn't validated by other people, then we become disappointed. We become disappointed with them. We become offended with them. And if we're holding on to those offenses and those disappointments and, those, um, and, and that unforgiveness, then we are giving the destroyer permission to come and steal our fruit. Okay? Do you ever notice that when you hold offense toward when you hold offense toward people, when you make judgments, when you when you resent something about a person and you hold on to it, do you ever notice that sooner or later you'll start producing their fruit and not your own? You're, if you haven't noticed that, you should. <laughs> if you've been around me long enough, I'll point it out. See, like, <laughs> like remember that time that, you know, and it's, it's a principle of Scripture. And it's, it's one of the scariest verses in the Bible to me is Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. <laughs> Do not judge or you will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will also be judged. And with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. I live by that. <laughs> when I get really upset about something, I remember that. Let it go. It is not worth it. It is not worth it. You don't let it go because they deserve it. You don't let it go because they're right. You don't let it go because they've apologized. You let it go because you want to produce your fruit and let them produce their fruit. And they're not allowed to produce fruit in you. So you want to take all of the rocks of disappointment and offense and you want to get them out of your garden because you have a harvest to produce. And it can't be affected. You don't want it to be affected by what someone else did to you or didn't do. Okay, that's their, that's their harvest. That's their garden. You guys okay? <laughs> all right. He is a deceiver that produces distraction. <laughs> in the third example in the parable, the seed fell among the thorns. And the person received the word. But when they went on their way, it was choked out by life's worries and riches and pleasure. So they did not mature. Okay? The original word for worry means to be drawn away by distraction. To be drawn away in different directions by distraction. Okay? This is the influence of the enemy that wants to distract you by any means necessary. He will use fear and anxiety over what will or won't happen. Or he will use good things that counterfeit the word of the Lord. Just because it's good doesn't mean it's God. Okay? Does that make sense? This is the influence in the Garden of Eden where the serpent told Eve, God is withholding from you. He knows that if you eat this, this fruit, really your eyes will be open and you will become like him, knowing good and evil. You see how he presented that as a good thing? <laughs> when has knowing evil ever been a good thing? <laughs> he presented it as a good thing. God is withholding from you. This attacks us in our will. 
Okay, the denouncer attacks our mind. The destroyer attacks our emotions. The deceiver attacks our will. We are vulnerable to this influence when we are not, when we do not believe that the purpose of God is good and is better than what we think we want for ourselves. And we think, like, God's purpose is good, but is it going to include all the things that I want? And that allows the deceiver a chance to get in and distract us away from our true purpose. Okay? Because the, the, um, the deceiver likes to masquerade itself as uh, uh, distractions, which are good things. Okay? He will even present fear and anxiety to you as a good thing. It just means that you care. Love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. I don't hear the word care in there. Love always cares enough to be worried. No. No one loves like God loves. And he is not in fear and anxiety. He is in rest. Okay? It's... (laughs) How many days of our life has we, have we allowed him to take us off of our purpose because we're in fear and anxiety? Okay? The purpose of the deceiver is to take us off assignment. He will present fear, anxiety, good things, counterfeit things, as long as he can get us off assignment. Okay? So... I'm, I'm going to take, like, just a second, minute, two minutes. <laughs> I'm going to address the single people in the room. I don't ever do this, okay? In fact, I've never done this in a, in a message because when I do, I want it to count, okay? If you are single and somebody comes along who's a good person, and you just know that they're the one that, that God has given you. If that person takes you off your assignment, it is not the word of the Lord. I have seen it over and over and over and over. We'll, have a, we'll see a person and they're just, they're just like right there in the light. The fruit's starting to bloom, and they're just, like, ready to take off. And someone comes along, and they're like, I think God told me I'm supposed to be with this person. And they get off assignment, and there they go. And then, like, sometime later, they're sitting around, and they're going, I just I feel empty. I don't know why. It's because we tried to fill the void of the harvest that God wants to produce in your life with something that didn't come from him. Okay? So if you get a word from the Lord, you just know And if it's in that area, please check it with someone and listen to what they have to say. Sometimes when our when our like emotions are all involved, we need someone else to make sure that we're hearing clearly so that we can stay on assignment. Okay? All right. That's my one word for for six years. (laughs) Don't get off assignment. Okay? (laughs) And check check with the Lord, okay? Or check with a person who also hears from the Lord, okay? Um, Also, last year, 
the deceiver was masterfully at work last year. Okay? Masterfully at work. There were distractions everywhere. And we saw person after person after person after person that were right, right there. And they let the distraction take them off assignment. But there's a room full of people in here <laughs> that didn't get off your assignment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. There is hope. Okay. It doesn't matter how much he presents the distractions that tries to take us off our assignment. God is at work in his church, and he is building and raising a church that will not get off their assignment because they're going to take the places of influence and the high places back from the enemy. Because the purposes and the plans that God has are so much better than our own. And the church, when the church isn't convinced of that, we can't convince anyone of that. Okay? All right? Are you guys okay? <laughs> okay. So um, let's stand up. We have some time. I don't want you to be worried about, um, you know, go get it, going and getting kids yet. Because I wanted us to have some time for ministry here. And Pops, you can start that playlist. So I just want you just to close your eyes because like this word, it means nothing if we don't do something with it. All these powerful words that God has been speaking, they're only us, they will only produce the harvest that they intend we grab hold of them and when we take the time to remove the rocks and remove the weeds and remove the hard places and live by the truth so if that first like if you if you saw yourself in the first in the first example and you know there can be parts of us that that relate to all three of these but if you saw yourself in the first example and you say like I'm susceptible to the denouncer like I hear the word of the Lord and then like something comes along and I just there's something that keeps me from just believing it and wrapping my mind around it I just want you to just take a second and hear like what Nedra said how much God loves you you don't have to wrestle anymore with did God really say. That is the influence of the denouncer. And you tell him he's not welcome. In your mind, you cast him out of your mind. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that renews our mind. It renews our mind. And it gives us the mind of Christ. So we tell the voice of the denouncer, you are not welcome in my thoughts. And I take every thought captive to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And what I saw the Lord do is I saw him right over your minds. 
lover of the truth. So I want everyone to say that together. When I say three, I want you to say, I am a lover of the truth. Okay? One, two, three. I am a lover of the truth. (laughs) The denouncer has no place because I am a lover of the truth. (laughs) And if you have rocks of offense, they're not worth holding on to. Hey, the Lord, nobody knows more than the Lord does that that person hurt you. Let him take care of it. Let him take care of it. You say, I want to produce my own harvest. Everyone says, I want to produce my own harvest. Let's say it together. I want to produce my own harvest. That comes from the Lord. (laughs) Okay? And if you've let distraction take you off assignment, it's not too late. Today's the day that you're like, I'm getting back on my assignment. I'm coming back to the purpose of the Lord. (laughs) Because there's nothing greater than the Lord's plan for me. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to go after something specific. I feel like the Lord, I didn't know what Nedra was going to do during offering. I feel like every time I'm up here, Nedra does offering, and there's something like we're doing. Like together um, that we don't talk about, but um, I really feel like the Lord wants to go after healing because there's no distraction like being hit with a sickness. And we say together that that is not allowed in the people of God. And what I felt like the Lord wanted to say is like in the in the um, in the Old Testament when the children of Israel were in Egypt and they were being bitten by. By serpents and they were being poisoned and the Lord said I want you to wrap that I want you to make a, an image of a serpent in brass and I want you to put it on a pole and lift it up and when they look at that serpent they're going to be healed and I always thought that story is like a little that's a little strange why would they why would the Lord do that <laughs> well brass represents judgment And that serpent was the serpent that was in the Garden of Eden. And he says, this thing that's come against you, I want you to look up. And when you look up and you see it wrapped in brass, you know that my judgment is coming on the serpent. My judgment is coming on this thing that's come against you. My judgment is coming on sickness. My judgment is coming on sin. My judgment is coming on all these things that are taking you off assignment. And you look up and you know that one day my son is going to be lifted up on the cross. And when that happens, I am judging these things that are coming against you. And those things have happened. So we say that in the house of the Lord, sickness cannot stand. It is judged in the name of Jesus. It is not allowed to continue in Jesus' name because God has judged the serpent and God has judged the sickness. And we are healed 
in Jesus' name. If you need healing in your body, we're going to go after it again. So just raise your hands, and I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. And I want you to acknowledge that He has judged the serpent, that He has judged the sickness, He has judged the poison, He has judged that which has come against you. And it is not allowed to continue in Jesus' name. Because the blood of Jesus has bought and paid for our victory in Jesus' name. And so we go after that together, and we declare it together, and we proclaim it together, that this is your house, and this is a house of healing. persevere because he perseveres on our behalf and when we give up his love always hopes and when we give up his love always trusts and when we become we become disappointed in ourselves he says I still trust you and when we feel vulnerable he says my love always protects you and when we feel like we're not enough he says my love perseveres my love always hopes my love always trusts prayer we'd love to pray for you but there's nothing like encountering who he is and just having your moment with the Lord where you say I acknowledge who you are and I give you my life and I want you to love I want to know this love that always hopes always protects always trusts and always perseveres okay and you're free to be dismissed whenever you're ready okay Bless you guys.